This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, June 16th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside a guy who has really worked on his putting game, Jerem Jordan. I worked so hard uh, during, you know, COVID. Nope, I didn't. I didn't play once. Um. <laughs> and yet you step up and make the most pressure-packed putts that we can put in front of you. I guess. We won't talk about the ones I missed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, it was fun to, be, uh, fun to be out at Fox Hollow yesterday with the corporate sponsorship team uh, annual tournament. And, yeah, just stepped up. And, hey, what was this, five-footer? It wasn't crazy deep. You know, just Still, knock, it's live television. In. you got to handle the pressure and knock in, in the putt. you got a taste of what Brooks Kepka. And Bryson DeChambeau. Not really. Deal. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, but no. <laughs> I did something in Southern California when I was working in Palm Springs called the Sportscasters Masters. And during an the, excuse to play on the best courses. Sure, PGA I West. Okay, yeah. competing against uh, my weekend sportscaster Greg Lee. What's up, buddy? And we both after the event got over, talked about just the pressure involved. And they invited like a gallery out for the final round and mm. all these employees. When real people were yes. watching. I'm like, there are probably only like 80 to 100 people watching, but I was 80 to 100? so nervous standing over those final shots in, the, in that round. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. And I just like, how, how do they do this in, in front of millions of people? The same could be asked of us minus the millions sitting here, except there are four Five people in the room with us today. <laughs> so it feels like we're just talking to ourselves, but we know you're out there listening or watching. So much respect for professional athletes that have to compete and perform at the highest level in front of millions talking of Talking is different than yes. muscle memory. Yes. Wearing makeup and talking about sports is very different than playing sports in front of millions of people. Yes, it is. There's a reason we're up here. <laughs> Here's your show lineup. What questions do you want answered tomorrow? In BYU Football Media Day 2021 and the coverage that will be involved there, I'm guessing an expanded college football playoff and BYU's positioning in such will come up. Former NFL and BYU linebacker David Nixon has some strong opinions on how BYU should pursue inclusion in a proposed 12-team playoff bracket, plus Zach Wilson's chances of winning NFL Rookie of the Year and which BYU athletes are you buying stock in right now? Some young up-and-comers that you're ready Hood? to go all in on? Who's the Dogecoin of yeah. BYU athletics? And I, well, yeah. <laughs> Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Fred Warner is the top NFL player under the age of 25, according to Pro Football Focus. Hey-o. Niners middle linebacker was all pro in 2020. 79 solo tackles, a sack, forced fumble, two picks. Ranked above the likes of Lamar Jackson, A.J. Brown, and D.K. Metcalf. That's quite a list to be ranked at the top of. Some roster news for BYU football. Redshirt freshman running back and wide receiver Luke Andrada has entered the transfer portal. Andrada also competes in track and field for BYU in sprints. We wish him the best of luck. And future 2021 BYU football opponent USC announces they will host 100% attendance at the Coliseum for games this fall. BYU, of course, plays in Los Angeles in November to close out the regular season. 
Brandon Davies in Barcelona won the Liga ACB title with a 92-73 victory against rival Real Madrid. Davies had six points, two boards, and two assists in the win. Congrats. Another former BYU basketball star playing last night, not as much, but still in the playoffs. Elijah Bryant was on the floor for three minutes in the Milwaukee Bucks 114-108 loss to the Brooklyn Nets last night. An epic performance by Kevin Durant. Has Eli and the Bucks now facing elimination in Game 6 of the Eastern Conference semifinals tomorrow. Yeah, I watched uh, that part. Two threes were made on him, uh, and then he got a steal. So that okay. Was, that was okay. good. All right. Uh, Taylor Sander had 12 points for USA Volleyball in a sweep of Italy's Davide Gardino had five points in Volleyball Nations League. It was Sander's first competition with the U.S. in a long time. The Americans play France today, 30 minutes after the show. All right, good luck, USA. Congratulations to four different BYU women's volleyball players who all received West Coast Conference all-academic honors. We get it. You're smart. Taylor Hefo, Kennedy Eschenberg, Kate Grimmer, and Whitney Bauer. You know what we never mentioned in this moment? Who didn't make it. So now we're going to list the nit. <laughs> and Doug Haller of The Athletic is reporting the NCAA is investigating Arizona State football for possible recruiting violations, Uh-oh. hosting recruits on campus during the COVID-19 dead period. BYU oh hosts Arizona State on September 18th. What that means, we'll find out later, but that is a report out there. You play to win the game. How does that impact the guy who provided us with that all-time quote, Herm Edwards, the head coach of the Sun Devils? All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented by Tim Daly Ford, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group serving Utah since 1968. Tomorrow, Media Day 2021, BYU football spectacular, all-day football on BYU TV. Now, the question of the day is, Jerem, what questions do you want answered tomorrow during this extensive BYU football media day coverage? There are several. Does BYU football feel like it needs to join a league, specifically a G5, the American Athletic Conference, BYU's not going back to the Mountain West, to maximize the opportunity of the playoff? Or can you do it in independence? And then the question I would ask Tom, and we'll ask Tom tomorrow, is... Okay, does that mean that you have to cool the schedule a little bit because you've got to be undefeated or one loss to really be in the mix? Two losses, maybe, but probably not. So that's that's my number sure. one question. I'm with in you. All this the posturing of BYU athletics and BYU football specifically now that a 12 team college football playoff feels imminent, and we learned from Stuart Mandel of the Athletic that when the SEC and their commissioner Greg Sankey, who have the loudest voice in all of major college football, are pushing this agenda, it feels like it's going to happen. It'll yeah. be ratified. It'll come to fruition. It's just a matter of if it's going to start in 2023 or 2026. We both hope it's 2023 just to have something different. But, yeah, how does BYU's posturing change now with scheduling, with do we pursue a conference harder now? Or not. Like that, that, to me, because of the timing of all of this, will be the number one question on the minds of all BYU fans. And we joked on the phone this morning, well, does the race to be the starting quarterback now kind of become an afterthought because of all this college football playoff talk? Yes, because we won't get an answer until the first or second week in August. It's true. It's true. Um, Maybe third week. But this is the question. And and I also want to ask Tom, okay, where does making the playoff fit in the priority list of BYU football? Because autonomy feels like it's the number one thing. That includes being independent, having to deal with ESPN, not having to share the money, 
being able to play if you want to in a pandemic, that was a big deal. I think being independent was perfect for BYU in the fall. Yes. You were in a league that had just you in it. <laughs> you were the on the, you were in the ESPN league. So that you could play if you wanted to. I think that was great. If Had BYU been a member of the Mountain West or the Pac-12, BYU would have had to wait. Yet, there's the lingering elephant in the room, which is, well, shoot, BYU wants to be in a Power 5 league. So why would BYU jump into a group of five and perhaps um, disable in some way, potentially, its ability to get in a Power 5. It doesn't mean BYU could not, but all of a sudden you're signing documents that require years or money involved if you jump ship. So it's a little complicated because will BYU get into a Power 5 is the question of questions with BYU football. Will BYU's non-football university, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, off-the-field policies affect that ability, I think it and they will. So what do you do? Do you stay Indian and just see what happens? That's my best guess. If you, if you hold me down and say, what's going to happen, what's going to happen? I think BYU waits it out like BYU typically does. You know, If you're late to make the good decision, that's better than making a, a bad decision quickly. Yes. Right? Yes. So BYU typically is going to wait it out and see. My guess in this whole thing is that BYU waits it out you can always potentially jump into a group of five should uh, yes. the AEC want BYU. It feels like they would take BYU later, after 2023. Exactly. If a Power Five invite does not come. Yes. We have long talked about 2023 and 2024 with the TV rights and now the college football playoff expansion happening in that similar time frame. When all of that stuff shifts... If it does at all. If it does at all, you wait I'm to, not convinced you wait to it, see what happens, right? Yes. Wait to see what happens. I'm not convinced it will shift. Everyone's sort of acting like it will no matter what. It, no. It, n- no, not necessarily. And does the playoff now make that less likely yes. to happen? What's the, like, what's the need for BYU to make a massive move right now? There's not one. BYU, in theory, could stay independent and try and get in the playoff by easing up on the schedules. That's one option. Another option is go to a group of five, win the league, be one of the highest ranked, you, be the highest ranked. You hope that you're the highest ranked group of five conference Well, one, one is, let, let's also talk about the, the hubris of uh, you know, the program a little bit. And, and we feed into this. Oh, if BYU is in a, a group of five of the league, they would win the league soon. Not necessarily. Like, maybe. But BYU, like, if BYU jumps into the AAC right now, it's not the best team in the league. Cincinnati. Cincinnati is clearly the best team in the league. I'm talking the last year, but also the last three to five years. Beard's a good team. Don't get me wrong. Oh, look what they did in 2020. 2020 was an outlier. I'm not sure BYU even wins the league last year. Uh, you know, that would have been a fun race with Cincinnati. Yeah. But week to week, guess what? The AEC is doing what the Mountain West did at the end of the tenure for BYU. From 06 to 09, BYU wins 43 games in four years. That's the most in a four-year set in BYU football history. Yep. It was awesome. Yet, BYU didn't have a BCS year because there were two losses, three of those four years, and three in the other. But it was 10-plus every year. At that point, BYU feels like we can go Indy and make a splash because what has BYU done? It's finished in the top 20 four years in a row. If you go into the AAC, it's like the Mountain West was. TCU and Utah and BYU were three ranked teams. That is happening on the reg in the AAC right now. It's special, and it's really good. It's the next best league. But I'm not sure that BYU needs to jump into that quite yet. If BYU jumped in, BYU's, I think, a top four or five team yeah. in the AC, 
but it's not an auto win the league thing. That that it's a that good is a, it's stretch. a great league. Yes, it was. It's been better than the Pac-12 probably the last year or two. Wow, how about that? BYU football finally did make their splash in Independence, and I know the circumstances were super out there, pandemic. Nobody expected that. But I thought about this question this morning. Was BYU football choosing to go independent in 2010 worth the 10-year wait because of what happened in 2020? Because if BYU is not independent, there is no national splash. They're in a conference, and they're just like most other teams, not playing college football, dictated by what the conference leaders are saying. No. Was, was going independent Worth the 10-year wait to make no. the splash they made last year with Zach Wilson and all those NFL guys? No, because I think if BYU stays in the Mountain West, they figure out a TV deal, that BYU... Really? You think they'd figure out a TV deal? No, no, no. If they did, like if BYU had stayed and could make it work, um, unlike my parents' marriage, then they could have had a season that made a splash out of the Mountain West. B- BYU had seasons that made a splash out of the whack, like... It's not necessarily your ability to make a splash isn't necessarily tied to what league you're in per se. It's just that you win those games with that group that year. And BYU had an outlier year in a pandemic where it didn't play any power fives, and that was great. Also, I think BYU, you know, if BYU's in the Mountain West, I don't. It's a it's an interesting question. It really is. I don't think BYU has a uh, fruitless ten years. I think they probably have it. BYU typically once a decade has a year where you go, oh wow, that was really. Awesome. That was special. So it would have happened in the Mountain West or Indy. Okay. It took a pandemic for it to happen, though. It took literally a pandemic to blow up the schedule. Obviously, pushing forward to 2021, the seven power fives, the antithesis of what BYU faced in the schedule in 2020. So, yeah, that will come up tomorrow, too, is the difficulty of the schedule. Another major topic I'm hoping BYU administrators and Tom Holmo specifically address. We're the ones that ask the question, so we can True. control it. We this. can ask, but will, will they answer it <laughs> that's is not, the real that's question. That's not up to us, yeah. The name, image, and likeness conversation. Yeah. How athletes are going to now financially benefit from their own name, image, and likeness, whether that be becoming a sponsor or a face of a business, their social media accounts. How is all of that transitioning? Because BYU, to their credit, I feel like is trying to stay ahead of the curve in that, but all the legislation is still very much in the air. Yeah, everyone's trying to. Um, But, yeah, there's a lot of uh, unregulated area here, not only from the federal government, but state governments and also the NCA. And can leagues jump in and dictate certain things? I, I, I don't know. So, yeah, that, that's a question, of course. And then the quarterback conversation. The question isn't who's the quarterback. It's not going to be answered. I want to know, when in fall camp do you feel like you have to name one? When are you going to name a starter? How, long, how much prep does that starter need to get all those number one reps? What's is the it, depth chart on a, June 17th? Is it a week? Is it two? Right? Do you, need, do you need two weeks with that person going into Arizona? How does that work? All right. Uh, if you can't tell, we're looking forward to BYU Football Media Day and hearing the important people at BYU Football talk about all of these different things. By the way, it's not on Zoom. It's in person, in the building. Yep. Which is awesome. Yes, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Glad you brought that there up. There wasn't one at all last year. Strange. Yeah. Our question of the day. Which questions do you want answered, BYU Sports Nation, tomorrow during BYU Football Media Day? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Jazz all the way on Twitter. I wonder if 
They're a Jazz fan. Says, if Tom Homo won't tell us or Kalani won't tell us who the starter is, maybe Coach Taki can tell us who numbers <laughs> two and three are. We're like, okay, okay. You don't have to name a starter, but who's the backup? And who's the backup? <laughs> that's, that's funny. I like that. Continue to weigh in. Lots, uh, lots. And listen, if we can, we're going to ask, right? We, we'll do it tomorrow. Coming up, why was Aaron Roderick left off the best play callers list? And former BYU and NFL linebacker David Nixon rejoins the program. How does he feel about all of this 12-team playoff talk? And should BYU join a conference or stay independent as the quickest route to the playoff? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group. Serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Football Media Day is tomorrow. Live programming begins at 11 a.m. Eastern Time with State of the Program, followed by a two-hour BYU Sports Nation featuring all three potential starting quarterbacks. And then at 3 Eastern, a new documentary called BYU Football, A History of Offensive Innovation. And don't forget, Shep with the web chats, 2 to 4 Eastern on the BYU TV app. It's Shep Talk. Online. Welcome back to Studio B. We are live with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Now we welcome in a man who we saw all of, I don't know, like 15 hours ago. But still, we want to talk to him because he's always got great insight. David Nixon, former BYU great and NFL linebacker on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. David, long time no see. Hey, the last time I saw when I saw Jerem, I think he hit a 340, 350-yard drive. I mean, it was <laughs> impressive. We're talking like Bryson DeChambeau or Brooks Kepka yep. style. Yep. Impressive. Yeah, and uh, there were someone had a Bruce Kepka or uh, uh, not Brooks, Bruce Brooks Kepka Brooks Kepka reaction to it, which was really weird. But anyway, <laughs> that was that was fun out there. It was hot, but it was very fun. Um, and uh, I know you were hoping to be the most famous guy there. You were not because Jim Fredette was there. Hey, Jerry and I caught up. He, his golf game's gotten better. He actually got the closest to the hole uh, award on a, on a part three, so closer to the pin, so good for him. But uh, and I, it's a fun event every year. You get to see a lot of guys, Jimmer and, and other players in the past, as well as all the administration. Connie was out there, so you guys were out there. Um, but a fun event all around. Hot, but fun. Oh, my goodness, yes. Uh, 107 degrees yesterday. I know everybody in Phoenix Woo. is like, it was 120 down here. Don't even tell me. David Nixon with us on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, while it is hot outside, we are discussing a few hot topics that approach in BYU Football Media Day tomorrow. Of course, Jeremy just outlined everything that's going to happen live on BYU TV. David, what question or questions do you want answered tomorrow at the 2021 edition of BYU Football Media Day? You know, for me, there's not a lot of lingering questions out there. I think the main one, obviously, is, Who's going to be the quarterback day one for this BYU team that roll out against Arizona? Listen, I don't think they're going to answer that, uh, so I'm not, I'm not too optimistic on that one, too wishful. But uh, from everything I've heard, I was down at the camp, the, the, the Cubs camp. I had my kids in that camp just last week and talked to a couple of coaches, and they said all three quarterbacks are super capable right now. This same conversation came up, and uh, they're pretty confident with all three horses. So, uh, I, listen, BYU's in a fantastic position when it comes to this quarterback position. You've got two guys that have game-time experience, uh, and you got a freshman who, uh, from all reports, had a fantastic fall last year as the scout team quarterback. And so 
for me, I feel like this team is in great hands. And then, of course, we talk about all the other skill positions. Uh, wide receiver, this might be our best wide receiver unit we've ever had. Uh, we look at the depth and, and the guys. And the coaches affirm this. This is what they talk. They told me this wide receiver position is the best they've had. They've been here for years. So, uh, you know, you go back and look at guys in every position. And, and I'm going to rope in the tight ends. The tight ends are up there as well. I mean, I'm, I'm stoked for this team. Running back, offensive line, that offensive unit is solid. Uh, and as we know, football, it's all about scoring points. And even though I'm a defensive guy, and I hate to admit that. Uh, but you, it's all about putting up points. And I think this team has, especially with Japan, on whatever quarterback they roll out there, I think any quarterback in this offense has the capability to, to put up big points this coming fall. It's super exciting. Regarding the quarterbacks, I'll be very surprised if it's not Jaron Hall. I just think what he can do with his feet gives you a chance in some of these Power 5 games, of which there are seven, uh, that perhaps a Baylor Romney who is crazy efficient, executes the game plan, has done nothing wrong when he's been on the field. And then for Jacob Conover, Conover is going to be a baller and he's going to be the, the guy here. I just don't want to throw a freshman out against seven Power 5s. I just don't. So do you feel like a guy has a leg up uh, among the three. Yeah, I would agree. Listen, I, I think Jaron has the leg up. And I think for him, I, I think the only way he gets dethroned, if you will, is, is if uh, he creates a lot of turnovers, isn't making good decisions throughout fall camp. And one of these other guys, uh, Baylor or um, Conover, comes in and, and they're able to demonstrate that they can take care of the ball. I mean, that's first and foremost. In college football, you have to take care of the ball. Uh, we, we learned the, the, the lesson on that one a few years ago when Zach was still going through his growing pain. So, uh, you know, I think Jaron's got the leg up, but but once again, a lot of it will come down to fall ball, and that's what the coaches are saying. They're saying we're going to let this thing play out. There's no reason to go out there and, and name a starter. Uh, you know, I go back and forth on that. I, I think it is good for a team to know who their leader is, their who their captain is. I don't think you want to prolong that decision too long in the camp, but I guarantee you right now with these player run practices going on, with the players being around the awesome workouts, they have a pretty good feeling of who that guy is. Uh, but once again, it can all change with – with camp and, and depending on how those guys go out there and perform. David, without question, the 12-team playoff recommendation will be talked about early during State of the Program with Tom Homo and Kalani Satake on BYU TV, 11 a.m. Eastern. Before we hear from the athletic director tomorrow and from BYU football's head coach on the matter, what are your thoughts on expanding the college football playoff from four to 12 teams and how it will impact BYU. I mean, I think we're saying the obvious here. It's fantastic. I, 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 if you're a BYU fan, you don't love this. Something is wrong with you because now BYU <laughs> will see at the table. And not only that, but BYU has the potential to lose a game uh, like we saw last year with Coastal Carolina and still potentially climb back into that top 12 and, and get one of those bids. So uh, you know, I, I love the format. I love the fact that they've expanded it. Uh, now BYU has, you know, an, a chance to, to get their way in. Um, and I think it's just good for college football. Look at the NFL playoffs. There's nothing, frankly, for me, there's nothing more riveting than watching, you know, wild card games on Saturdays and Sundays uh, early on and, and just watching football. So here's one more opportunity to have some meaningful football. Once again, bowl games, uh, as much as we love them, it's one more opportunity for the kids to play and, and be showcased. There's not much on the line. You win or lose, it's not going to really do much to, to the destiny of your program. Whereas in here, you can get a team that's hot, that has maybe some injuries early in the season, that lost a game or two. Those guys get healthy, and you can make a run at the end. So um, I love it. I think BYU, once again, now potentially has a seat at the table. Uh, now they just got to take care of business. Uh, but, but, you know, we've seen from years past with this playoff, it's the big top four schools. And they're, they're not letting a lot of other guys into that game 
now they're going to have to with, with the format they're going with. So um, I think it's exciting. I, I think the fact that you play at your home field, that's not at a neutral site for those first round or two. I think that's fun as well. Um, so far I'm on board. Hopefully it gets fully approved and, and uh, they get this thing rocking and rolling. BYU's best chance at making the playoff in a 12-team situation is probably joining the AAC. When we say join a G5, we're not talking about the Mountain West. That ain't happening. But if BYU joins the AAC, now BYU can have a 10-2 and regular season, win the league, and potentially be the highest-ranked or second-highest-ranked or something, uh, you know, conference champion, depending on how the Power Fives play out. So do you feel like BYU should seriously look – uh, or maybe you feel like Independence a better spot. You tell me. Should BYU seriously look at joining a conference by 2023 to take advantage of this? Here's my own personal take. I think long term, if you have the long term vision on, yes. I think short term, there's going to be. I personally think there's going to be some reshuffling with with how this new playoff format has come about. I think you're going to see some potential reshuffling with the the P5s. Um, and I think you're going to see teams that are trying to add to their conference to, to bolster their, their chances to land with those top four seeds or not. Uh, because there's going to be one guy left out of that top four seed, those buys, right? Uh, and so they need to make sure their strength of schedule is up to par. So I, I think there's going to be something that, that, that changes there. But um, I think long-term, if BYU can't find a way to, to once again, navigate through this whole P5 and, and find, a, find a home here in the next little bit, I think it's something worth looking at, especially once again, the whole end game here is to get to the playoff. Is it? Um, get money and, of course, make it into uh, see how far you can make a run. So I think it's worth visiting for sure. Is it the end game, though? I, I think BYU's end game is to be on ESPN. I don't think it's to make a playoff. I think it's to maximize I, the situation. I think, I think now it is. When you open, I think prior to try to make the playoff, is join the top, a league then. Oh, that's, that's what I'm getting at. We'll see what happens in the next little bit because I think there will be some reshuffling. So that's the end game, which I, I believe it is. I think that's a potential. With the Power Five, though, let's talk about this. If BYU joins the Power Five, you can kiss the playoff chances goodbye, right? But being in a, because BYU is not going to be at the upper echelon of a, BYU is not going to win a Power Five conference if it's in it. It's going to be kind of in the middle, maybe upper tier some years, right? Well, there are right, six right. at large spots. Right, six at large spots. Would BYU be the third best team in a Power Five once, maybe, in the maybe, maybe. If the playoffs the end game, Group Five is probably the route. Um, independence, you just have to cool the scheduling uh, back, which I don't see happening. So it is interesting because, to me, the best play overall for BYU football, get into a Power Five if you can, if it's even possible. We'll see, given the off-the-field concerns relative to BYU. So it's really interesting because – I. What is the end game? What does BYU want? Can BYU even get into a Power Five? Is Indy the way to go forever? I, I'm not sure what the answer to these questions are, but uh, it's certainly uh, uh, cooking up in an interesting way now. Well, I, I would agree. And it's, it's joining the AAC and traveling all the way to Florida and back East Coast week in, week out. Is that the answer? I don't know if that's the answer either. It's, it's joining the Mountain West where maybe your chances of becoming that, uh, you know, the G5 bid becomes less because it's not as strong as the AAC. I mean, there's, there's a lot of questions out there. And once again, I think there, there will be some type of reshuffling with now this format being rolled out. And I think there's still some details to be emerged from this, this 12-team playoff, too. I don't know if it's necessarily all said in concrete as well. I think they're trying to figure it out. You saw Notre Dame kind of up in arms about the fact that they couldn't achieve one of those top spots regardless of the season they had. So uh, I think I think everything's still pretty preliminary. But uh, if you're BYU, I get that you want to maximize dollars and revenue. I get that you want to be on ESPN. 
But you can't sell recruits if that's your end goal. You've got to be able to sell recruits if we want to make the playoff and, and make some noise and maybe we have a Cinderella year where we can make a run. Um, but if, if, if that's not your end goal, then I think you probably have to shift your, your priorities a little bit. Okay, so let's reset the table here, David. Listening to everything that you just said, are you in favor of BYU staying independent for the next, I don't know, two to five years and then – making a decision about whether or not to pursue, let's say, a group of five conference? I think as things continue to shake out, yes. I, I mean, you know me, I've always been against going back to the G5. Uh, but now that this playoff has expanded and now they have a seat at the table, that it's this, that's been stated, uh, then I, I think I'd be in favor of it. And once again, I'm shifting tunes a little bit here, uh, but things have changed with this college football landscape. And, and I, for me, it's getting a shot at the college football playoff. That's, that's your goal. Uh, you've got to get you've got to get a shot. You've got to make it to the big dance, as we know, with basketball. So it's the same thing with football. You've got to find a way to get in. And uh, and maybe independence with the outlarge, maybe you have still achievable. But when you're beating yourself up with seven P5 teams, it makes it obviously much more difficult. Um, and so the thing with BYU being independent, you have to have a Cinderella year. You have to be able to go out there and beat those, those P5 teams, make a run. Maybe you can afford to lose one game and still get in as an outlarge. Uh, but your your track you don't have to, you don't have to have a Cinderella year if you're part of a G five at this point. Uh, so I think that's the takeaway. You can you can make a little few more mistakes as a G five as a member of a G five or as an independent. You've got to be uh, you got to be you got to be on it. You can't afford to make those same mistakes. Take yeah. us back to oh go ahead. Spencer. I was going to say I'm going to send you the schedules for 2022 and 2023, David, and we're going to talk later about whether or not you feel. Not the 2021 schedule, but the next two years, if those accommodate a potential run to the top 12 for BYU football. But we'll save that for another. Yeah, I've seen them. I'm with you. They're, they're brutal. They're brutal. That, that's been independence. That's been independence. That is what it is. But I'm saying we've got, we've got to let this play out a little bit. This is still so fresh that we, we don't know if, if, the, if the college football playoff to me is going to stick with what they proposed. Uh, we don't know if, if conferences are going to stick with what they've got. Uh, you know, there's rumors, always of rumors of, of people being disgruntled, uh, TF schools being disgruntled. So there's still a lot to be played out here and to see if there's a trickle-down effect from this announcement if it's going to affect any of these P5s or G5s. Maybe there's some shift within the G5s as well. So I think you've got to pump the brakes a little bit. Don't jump to conclusions yet. Let it play out. Go to this 2021 season uh, and see what happens in the next few years, considering this doesn't come into play for another, you know, until the 2023 season. So we've got a little bit of time. Sure. And I should clarify, and maybe I'm crazy and need to put on the blue goggles, but David, I, I think that the 2022 and 2023 schedules are actually conducive to BYU staying independent. I think they're favorable, dare I say, with only four power fives and not a ton of world beaters. So yeah, let, yeah I wanted to clarify there, but I, I'm with you. I, I like independence for the next few years. I wonder if independence is actually a better route for what BYU wants. Let's be honest. BYU is uncomfortable with the idea of having someone else tell them how to do stuff. That's why BYU is independent. There was so much scar tissue from the bad marriage at the end of the Mountain West, right? If BYU jumps into a league and now is dictated in a different way with football— that's the concession BYU is going to have to make. I wonder if BYU wants to do that at some point in the future to maybe make the playoff. I'm not sure. Well, I think BYU, from their leverage standpoint, and uh, coming in those negotiations would have some leverage there to be able to pull and, and hopefully be able to bring in a BYU TV uh, to help showcase and broadcast some games and, 
Um, I, I think they'd have a little more sway this time around than they did maybe originally with Mount West. But uh, I agree. This uh, Here's the thing about the independence is I remember when we, when we scheduled Minnesota a few years ago, um, and I think the pandemic knocked that out, or, or I can't remember what happened. Yes. But anyways, in Minnesota, some of these teams will, will, will rise and fall, right? And, and depending on when you play them, I mean, we're scheduling games out 10 years in advance. And so sometimes with independence, you just never know what you're going to get, if it's going to be a softer or a hard schedule, depending on coaching changes and, and whatever happens. So it's just tough to predict, obviously. Um, whereas if you're part of a G5, you, you know kind of the teams you're going to be playing that year. But uh, I still – you know, I'm torn on this because you guys know my argument for going to a G5 is that when you're going up against the, the team up north in a recruiting battle, they're always going to be able to say, listen, we're in the we're in the in the Pac-12 and you're in the AAC. And I think the Pac-12 will win out every day against recruit. Whereas at least Kalani right now with independence, he has a different pitch of, hey, we're on ESPN every single week. We're playing prime times. Uh, we're playing against top tier town, you know, top tier schools and cool venues, aka Vegas. I mean, this it, he's got a cool pitch you can go to these recruits with. Whereas, in you resort to a G five, it makes it a little tougher. But at the same time, he can he can start making the pitch of going to the playoffs. So, I don't know. That go back to your original question, this interview. What do you want to hear from Tom Homo and Kalani? Maybe it's that. What can you, what, can you guys lay out the pros and cons of going to a G five or seeing independent? Maybe. Maybe that's what we want to hear. <laughs> David, great stuff, man. Uh, let's talk about how BYU is going to beat that team up north next time we get on the golf course, all right? I love it. I'm always up for that talk. All right, David Nixon on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. It's juicy. It's juicy. What's the best option for BYU? What does BYU want? What do the fans want? And that's, that's at the heart of this. It's like, what do you want out of BYU football, right? Certainly, BYU has a lot to deal with in figuring out the answers to those questions. Okay, coming up. Which BYU athlete would you buy stock in right now? And is Zach Wilson a legitimate favorite to win NFL Rookie of the Year? Where does he fall on that list? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. He is Jeremiah Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Round presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. An individual who goes by the name of Big Game Boomer Mm -hmm. creates lists, and it's June, so we look at said lists. Aaron Roderick is not on the list of the 50 best play callers in college football. What? Why? I wish I could answer. for a big game boomer. I wish I could answer why Aaron Roderick is not on the top 50 list of best play callers in college football. Because if you look at the list, you see at number 22, one Jeff Grimes for now Baylor University. Aaron Roderick. Are you questioning my logic? I am, big game boomer. You're not big game boomer. Bracket Matrix. Yeah, I'm questioning it because I feel like Aaron Roderick, he deserves more credit. He he deserves more. Well, he has a higher credit score. He got paid more as the offensive coordinator. (laughs) Stop. Okay. I wonder if he's in the 700. Fair. (laughs) He definitely is. Come on. If he pays his bills. Uh, yeah, I, I might as well put Aaron Roderick at number 21 or 22. Like, So wherever Jeff Grimes Listen. is, because they were so intertwined last year in their play calling and how everything went, like he deserves to be right where Jeff Grimes is. Love Jeff. 
Aaron Roderick has been calling the plays with the exception of two games is one thing I was told, we were told, um, since the middle of 2019. He had the heavier hand in the play calling. Yes, Jeff was absolutely involved, but the actual play caller was Aaron Roderick. Now, this isn't super uncommon, by the way. Remember Nick Howell was the defensive coordinator for a while, but Bronco Mendenhall would actually call the plays? It doesn't really matter who calls the play per se. It's that group and what they are actually creating, going into a game, and then what's in the game book and how it's executed. That happened to be headed up by Aaron Roderick, but the figurehead was Jeff Grimes of the OC. But also, Fesitaki had great influence, so did Steve Clark, both former play callers at SUU and Weber State. The point is, it worked, and it produced the number two pick in the draft. It was yes. it was lovely. Put Aaron in the top 50, put him right by Jeff Grimes. How about the Baylor and Virginia games of former BYU OCs coming back against BYU this year? Compelling oh, by the way, Brooklyn. and rich. Yeah, it's going to be great. According to Pro Football Focus, Jerem, Zach Wilson, remember him? Mm-hmm. Tied for Kyle, or with Kyle Pitts, I should say, as the rookie with the fifth best shot at winning NFL Rookie of the Year. Is fifth too low for Zach? No, because Jets. Um, so Trevor Lawrence is one. <laughs> Najee Harris is two. He's with the Steelers, right? Uh, Trey Lance with the Niners at three. Justin Fields with the Bears at four. And then Kyle Pitts is with Atlanta at five. Uh, no, uh, Zach tied with Kyle. No, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Above Justin or below Justin Fields? Because of the Bears factor? Yeah, maybe up to four. Uh, but be, but Jets worse than Bears, honestly. But Bears uh, probably have a better shot to be a little more successful than Jets right away. Sure. But listen, Trey Lance with the Niners, dude, they have a defense. And they have skill positions. Is Trey guys. Lance going to be the guy? He may, well, you're right. He might not be the guy. He's going to be the guy? Well, yeah. He won't even. You're right. He won't even play. Um, <laughs> very much. Unless oh, yeah. there's an injury. That's that's the one I'm confused about. Is that's a great number point. three? Trey Lance, like, isn't it Jimmy G's team still? Yeah. So I'd probably put Zach up around three or four. Yeah, there you go. I agree. Powder League, uh, an NCAA sanctioned summer league, uh, also a, a makeup uh, convention, begins tonight. <laughs> Features multiple and current former Cougs. Uh, which recent and current BYU Cougars would you pay to go watch in a summer hoops league game? If Jimmer is involved, I will always pay to see Jimmer for dead play basketball. He's that, not that, involved. That I know, but he's at the top of the list. So, like, would you pay to watch Jimmer golf? No, because <laughs> that, that's what yesterday <laughs> to was. To watch him golf? To watch him golf? I know. <laughs> unless that's unless he's playing in that uh, famous pro am in oh, where in Northern California. Yeah. Yeah, Lake Powell. Or no, 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 Lake no, Tahoe. Tahoe. Yeah. So if he's would playing you pay that to program, play golf with Jimmer? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Me, me too, even though we're uh, amigos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he actually, he got a BYUSN hat that the BYU TV tent gave him and uh-huh. said, hey, you and Spencer need to sign this. And I thought, did Jimmer Fredette just ask for my autograph? Maybe. The answer is yes. Yeah. Did it actually happen? No. No. <laughs> but he kind of asked for your our autograph. We love the Jimmer. He's like so personable, hey. it's silly. All right, so the current players in the Powder League, Jeremy Dowdell, Hunter Erickson, Caleb Lohner, Trevin Nell. I don't think we could mention that person. Oh, okay. <laughs> Former BYU players. Disregard. Disregard. Someone's like, who? Former BYU players. Brandon Averett. Yep. Heard of him. Corey Calvert, Yoli Childs. I'd pay to see Yoli play. Dalton Nixon, Zach Selyus, among others. Peyton Dastrup? What's up, Harrison, throwback. Yeah, what's up? What's up? Yeah, there's some guys on there I'd pay to see play. I'm cool with that. I love those dudes. I ain't paying to go watch them play. I'm sneaking in. I'm getting a media (laughs) pass. probably get a media pass. We're cheap. We're cheap. We learned yesterday when we were golfing with the Jimmer 
that he was holed up uh, in an apartment for seven months in China. He could only play basketball go, and then come back. Uh, couldn't go out. The only times he could leave was for ball. So what would you do to survive seven months in a hotel? Ooh, probably write a book. I'm not even <laughs> write joking. Write a book. I probably what would you write about? Uh, whatever. I'd, I'd probably write a fiction book. Really? Yes. Like dragons and wizards and well, stuff? Well, maybe not that route, but I, I, would, okay. I would probably write a drama. Yeah. Tell me more. Like a drama I thriller. Hey, I, I, I have always been uh, keen on, if I weren't like in television as a sportscaster, like I would love to be like an author or an actor and like a drama series. An actor? Like Tobias like, like, Fugue? Like drama series. Yeah, so I'd probably write a book. Of course, Netflix and streaming services and all that and FaceTime. Yes, family is important, priority number one. They weren't there. Right. But spending time with them, obviously, like as much as I could over FaceTime. Yeah, FaceTime stinks for this. But I would probably write a book. Yeah. I just wouldn't do it. (laughs) Just wouldn't do it. Hey, Jerem, uh, how about this? Okay, this is insane. The National Park Service with a truly elite tweet yesterday. Great. If a bear clacks its teeth, sticks out its lips, huffs, woofs, or slaps the ground with its paws, it is warning you that you are too close and are making it nervous. Okay. The bear's nervous? Heed this warning and slowly back away. What else should you do or not do if you come across a bear in Yellowstone? Okay. First, do not immediately drop to the ground and play dead. Bears can sense overacting. What? They would eat me alive then. Number two, do not run, shout, or make sudden movements. Okay. Okay? Obvious. Three, do not run up and push the bear, and do not push a slower friend down, even if you feel the friendship has run its course. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Uh, Jerem, if you and I ever ran into a bear, would you push me down? (laughs) I wouldn't push you, but it's definitely every man for himself. It's definitely every man for himself. I'm, I'm sorry. Not sorry. It's so funny. Coming up, championships and golf rise and shout-outs. And we look forward to the book by Spencer Linton coming in summer 2020. <laughs> Still working on the main plot line. Which BYU athlete stock is a great buy right now? Who's the Dogecoin? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Media Day Eve, join us for a BYU Sports Nation two-hour special tomorrow. The guest lineup includes Kalani Sitake, both coordinators, all three quarterbacks. Yep, you heard it, all three quarterbacks. And Thomas F. Homo. Tune in at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in the studio. Bizzle. I like that we showed the uh, future starting quarterback of the BYU Cookies over there. Oh, Jaron Hall? Jaron Hall. Could be Baylor, could be Jacob. I, just, I happen to think it'll be Jaron. All three are so different. Yes, the dual threat Jaron Hall How? seems like the incumbent. Yeah. Listen, he was the backup in 2019. He wasn't in 2020 because he was hurt. That was Baylor Romney. There are those who just assume it's going to be Baylor because he was the backup last year. Well, Jaron wasn't healthy. That's He didn't dress for a game, right? And and then Jacob is the we think he's hot going shot to, freshman who is very confident. We think he's going to be a megastar. I think Jake, yeah. I think, I think he's going to be a star. I think he's the next Max Hall type. He's got a great, great, uh, you know, kind of confidence about him. Um, you know, the word is that when he was asked, hey, do you want to come up and, and be a walk-on for 2020? We can't have you on Scully. We're expecting you to be on a mission. You're back, you know, just a little early COVID. You know, you could go back out as a missionary or not. 
he chose to come back and, and play as the scout scout quarterback as a walk-in. He said, yeah, if you're fine with me taking the job four games in from Zach Wilson. Like, he's very con- – I love I, I love that. I think he's the next Max Hall type. Um, Arizona guy, confident, Super bringing rash. it. Yes, yes, I love that. I love that. I just don't want to throw him against seven power five. Okay. That's my thing. I, and I still kind of feel strongly that Baylor Romney should start against Utah because he doesn't turn the ball over. <laughs> It's, that's that's <laughs> listen. Bioy's gonna rock Arizona, and then we're gonna be feeling pretty good yeah. coming into Just September. Don't turn the ball over. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. devastating turnovers against Utah. I'm going to a bad place. Let's bring it back. Let's go to a happy place now. And it's uh, interesting that you brought up Jacob Conover. We talk about his future because now we are asking which BYU athletes are you buying stock in right now? Jacob Conover is certainly in that conversation based on what we were just talking about. Yeah, because the stock is kind of low. He hasn't you know, played in a game quite yet. Um, you could argue Jaron Hall. Jaron Hall, uh, among college football analysts, is nobody, right? But what if he starts? BYU wins nine games. He goes into his senior year now uh with a bit more of a manageable schedule that has, doesn't have seven power fives and okay. maybe he's uh maybe he's a guy that becomes uh, an NFL draft pick who knows Isaac Rex certainly interesting so his stock 12 is, touchdowns his stock is high are you buying stock it's not, high it's not high net. no i don't think it's i th- i think it's like medium okay yeah okay so if his stock because is medium because i i think some people look at those 12 touchdowns and go well that was all that was like Zach Wilson like I, i'm i'm talking perception outside of the Interior of the program. Zach, 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 yeah, yeah, Zach, yeah, Zach exactly. Wilson. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know that Isaac produces a 12-touchdown year again because that was like more than Matt Bushman had in three years. That was amazing. Um, it's going to be tough competition, but I think it's, it's going to be pretty good. I think he's an NFL okay. draft pick by the end. I'm going to take a conservative approach here and go with athletes that most definitely are low-end right now because they haven't played a lot. So I love the Jacob Conover pick. Yeah, and, and that's one approach like Amazon whoop. five years ago still right. would have been high. Yeah, but now it's like twenty times higher. It's through the roof, right? Like that's the Jaron. That's the Jaron Hall. Yeah, that's okay. The Hall that's Jaron Hall. Just Isaac because Rex. he's a starter, it's like, well, you could have taken Zach Wilson last last year, and then it would have been Dogecoin for okay. a minute. Uh-huh. Yeah, I feel like Puka before Nakua, the SNL appearance. Yeah, I feel like Puka Nakua has a relatively low stock price right now, coming from Washington back to BYU. I think he could potentially develop into something very lucrative in yeah. terms of stats, touchdowns, totally. big game plays, totally. all of that stuff. It's kind of fun to see him in a different jersey catching touchdowns and be like, nope, that's our guy now. That's BYU's guy. Whoop! And that's against Arizona. And don't be surprised to see that happen against Arizona in Las Vegas. Th- there will be similar tackling, poor tackling <laughs> like that. Let's switch up sports. T. John Lucas. Yeah. I like buying his relatively low stock as a ton of people don't really know about him. He's got an opportunity to shine with Alex Barcelo on that backcourt in front of a full-capacity Marriott Center. He could really put a stamp on BYU basketball. Caleb Lohner. Ooh. Caleb Lohner's one. Where, yes, we okay. expect him to be way better. Okay. But his stock's still low. Like, he had a freshman year. Wasn't an all-league guy. As a fre- you know what I mean? Like, he's going to become an all-league guy. How about Violet Zavodnik? 100%. All-American future for her. Yes. yes. She, she qualifies as, like, mid-level stock. She's a good comparison like Amazon. She was the West Coast Conference Player of the Year, West Coast Conference Freshman of the Year. As a but freshman. She's, she's only going to get better. She yeah. might, I'm not even kidding, she might be the greatest BYU softball player ever Ooh. when all is said and done. Ooh, I am statement. absolutely buying that stock. She's awesome. Special player. 
She's awesome. I, I mean, you could still argue Shayla Gonzalez. Yeah. <laughs> like, like she's a TikTok superstar, Instagram superstar, and women's basketball baller. I mean, love it. But she, like, she could make the WNBA and be this influencer yeah. and social media. Heather Knighting, women's volleyball, all American, coming back from a mission. A lot of good young talent. You bet. Love it. Okay, coming up, what questions do you want answered on Media Day? And another championship for former Cougar. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Station, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Dance, Isaac Rex. Do it. The Cabbage Patch. <laughs> Download the pod. Dance like Isaac Rex. <laughs> or Jerem Jordan, who's just doing the or Cabbage Google Patch. Or Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Hey, your slow motion Cabbage Patch wasn't too bad. It was pretty slow. <laughs> it was pretty slow. Our question of the day. Which questions do you want answered tomorrow? During BYU Football Media Day and the coverage that will be basically all day. Our Elite Voice of the Day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at Mad Eye Cosmo on Twitter. Have we heard no. that Twitter handle no. yet? It's a great Twitter handle. Mad Eye Cosmo. Will they ever serve the white frosting cougar tails at the football games again? There was a Wait, white, white frosting, frosting cougar tail? What? It wasn't always a maple bar? <gasps> This is news. This is breaking news. Breaking Studio news. Studio B. Yeah. White frosting okay. cougar tail Good to know. at football games. The hard-hitting questions always here on BYU we'll lead off Nation. that. We'll lead off with that one tomorrow. Tom. Before we get to the playoff, Tom, we have a question. <laughs> Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America Credit Union guiding you forward. Brandon Davis and Davies yep. Championships. Uh, win a title in Spain. In La Liga, congratulations to Brandon, man. Do it again. And the BYU Corporate Sponsorship Team for uh, letting us play in the tourney. That was a ton of fun. And our corporate sponsors that are huge. Did I get mild heat stroke last night? Apparently I did. Oh, boy. Yeah. I hope you're feeling better. I'm feeling great. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Thanks. Let me know when the show starts. (laughs) Thanks to today's guest, David Nixon. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. Give me a stroke all the time. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Jaron Dabney. We'll see you tomorrow for BYU Football Media Day, 11 a.m. Eastern, all day football. Let's go, Cougs.